The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco. The Dallas Cowboys like Parsons. And now, your hosts, Brian Broadus, Jeff Cavanaugh, Kyle Yeomans, and David Hellman. It is Tuesday, April the 12th, 2022. The 2022 NFL Draft is just more than two weeks away. Hello, welcome. The big voice guy said it all. And we're actually, we're all here today. Well, that? All it's four beautiful. of us back in action as we tick closer to the draft. It felt like it would never get here. Now it feels like it's way too close, to be honest with you. Which, that's where I want to start today. We are in the height of lying season right now. Like, this is the time of year where I think, you've, you've, for the most part, you've done what you can do. The hay, the hay might not be in the barn, but, like, y- you know the talking points, you know the players, and now there's just a whole bunch of smoke messing up the top of the draft. And in a year where there's not a slam dunk number one prospect or a generational quarterback, I think it's even more confusing. First of all, like, would y'all agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, the thing that, and we were talking about it here in a little bit pre-show was the doubt you have on certain players. You know, did you, you're now having to fight for guys against a room that might not believe what you're thinking. And that's that. That's the that's the biggest problem that scouts are dealing with right now. Is, you know, you love it when you start to present a report and you're trying to get that tag on the board or get it in the stack, and you're fighting for a player and you got guys that are going with you on that. That makes your job a heck of a lot easier. But there's some of these players on this board, and I think it's because of the inconsistency of a lot of these guys that trying to get them right is is the big struggle right now. Which, you're totally right, and I, I, we said this before the show, like, I completely understand how the groupthink and echo chamber mentality happens, because it's got to be scary as hell, especially, like, if we miss on a guy, what are you going to do, you know? But if They'll let you know. Well, Fans will let you know. But are you, are you, are you going to hear it for a couple look, years? Are you going to get fired if Laquan Treadwell turns out to not be a great player? No. Oops. You're going to move on. Us. I yeah. Talk, yeah. Talk about us. Yeah, I got but fired. That's the. <laughs> no, you didn't. No. That is the terrifying thing for the people that do this professionally. If you've got a two on a guy, yeah. and the rest of the room has a five on a guy, and it's your livelihood on the line, that sounds absolutely terrifying. So yeah. I understand yeah. how these grades sort of gravitate toward a mean where they kind of agree with each other. Well, what's going to happen is interesting. Take, example, Walker for Georgia. Which, okay. Every, I mean, the media scouts have got this thing just pumped up. And I'm not talking about just us media scouts. I'm talking like Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brown. Brooks, guys who were professional scouts in the in the business are now pumping air into a guy. You know, Jeff comes on here and is talking about, listen, I mean, we had a mock draft situation where this guy was our pick, and now all of a sudden now he's 16 and now he's two. You know, and then I and I I agree with him. There's four or five guys that I might think that it might be a better rushers than him. That's I, the scary thing right I, now. I love the way that you can read my mind because I didn't send you a rundown today. Nope. But that's exactly what I want to talk about. I brainstormed this idea with Jeff. Credit to you, Jeffrey. I had some Miller Lite. 
I think there are five or six and some chips, probably. Yeah. Always. I think there are there are five or six names I just want to go over in terms of like what are we missing? Yeah. What are we not talking about? And and Trayvon Walker is chief among them because in the span of a month, he like you just said, he's being mocked as the number one overall pick a yeah. month after being a top fifteen guy. Yeah. So what's what's the deal here? And without trying to let other narratives influence you, what is your opinion of him? Oh, I can get to the notes because the notes aren't going to say top five player. Uh, hold on, I mean, it's Quay Walker. That's different. Here we go. Um, I saw Trayvon Walker as a guy that you could tell was for his size, like full-size defensive end. You went, oh, wow, really good athlete. Like, I'm watching this guy drop in coverage and then change direction to go make a tackle. And, like, you can see that it's a big dude that's a really good athlete. I wrote that he moves like he's 240 pounds, even though he's 275. Mm. But I also wrote, my question is, how good of a pass rusher is he? Doesn't look all that bendy, doesn't have an array of pass rush moves yet. Good linear athlete with power. Now, linear athlete was disproven by his athletic testing. He's clearly athletic enough to do whatever you want. But I think on tape, Trayvon Walker is like the 10th best pass rusher in this class, maybe 15th. Uh, So I do think you're projecting his athletic traits to translate in the NFL with coaching into a really good pass rusher because he was not that in college. If you're into the nerd stuff, his pass rush win rate was like half of that of the other top edge prospects. Yeah, I you know, and, and a clear, a really a clear understanding of this is how Georgia played him. You know, when they went nickel, they put him at nose. They didn't even keep him on the outside thinking now you you know when you play nose you're in as a pass rusher you're having to deal with a center, a couple of guards, you know, that kind of stuff. So to me, they didn't even really keep him on the outside. And you know, to me, I, I just kind of look at this, I think Jeff's right about this. I mean, I think there's some there's some some good workout numbers, but I don't know if it necessarily translates into like the first or second overall pick in this draft. I wouldn't think that he would be the best player in this draft. That, that I never, when I watched his tape, and this is even before all the athletic numbers, you could watch him against you know, Arkansas and Clemson and some of these teams, and you're going, well, he's a good player, but is he the first or second overall player? I, I find it, I, the tape doesn't show me that. I agree with that, and I like him probably a little bit more than most people, I guess, if you're looking at first-round guys, but I still don't have him anywhere near the Aiden Hutchinsons out of Michigan or the Kayvon Thibodeaux in terms of that edge rusher class. I think it's those two guys, a considerable difference because Walker is that third and fourth guy. He's right there with George Karloftis because they both have just... A little bit of that knock. I don't think Walker's as strong as those guys. I don't think he's athletic as or as athletic, even though the numbers, like you said, stood up as some of the best numbers in the class. And then I also on tape saw inconsistency. He goes up and he tears up Alabama in the national championship game. That's the game that everybody remembers. Then you turn around and you see him kind of struggle a little bit against Kentucky, mm-hmm. and he goes up against uh, our guy second round Kennard. Yeah. And then he we're going to talk about the other offensive tackle. Left tackle. Yeah. yeah. He had some issues there. And then against Clemson. Dar Thornton or uh, Thorndale what, what, from what? last year? No, the kid that's. No, just... the guy that I watched. Oh, Rosenthal. Yeah, we're going to talk about him later. Yeah. That's yeah. the other guy I was yeah. mentioning. Yeah. But he struggles against those guys. He struggles a little bit against Clemson. And so there's that inconsistency that goes along with the very much so enticing pros 
there are so many things, little cons that are going to nag at you that I agree with you. I don't think top two or top three is even remotely close to Jeff, what this guy's worth. Jeff kind of touched on this. Can you at least talk yourself into the idea of his potential? Like if sure. he's if he's in the right situation with like a good D line coach, good you know. Let's say he were to wow. go to Jacksonville where he's got Josh Allen on the other side of the line. Can I sell you on that at all? Just with the best team in the country, best defense in the country. Fair? I don't think Valid? he. I don't. I mean, it, it, if we're watching a player from Connecticut, but not all one players of those are things, finished products, though. I mean, he. Yeah, I, I don't, you know, to me, in on the I think Jeff later. has said this before. He's not, he doesn't rush as well as Thibodeau. You can no. watch the tape and, and see that. And there you're going, oh, okay, I see it. This, you know, that's a guy to me that I think is going to be, you know, Karloftis. I, I have Karloftis over this guy as a rusher. So, I mean, to me, I, I kind of feel like, yeah, sure, but this guy also played with the best defense in the country on a national championship team. The the defensive coordinator ends up getting a head coaching job at Oregon. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he didn't. it's not like he went to some small school as a head coach. And he wasn't just doing it by himself. He had no. all the help in the world he had around him. a lot him. of players. There might be five first-round picks from Georgia's defense, honestly. Maybe True. all in the front seven. Like Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt. If you get N'Kobe Dean, Walker. Sneak Lewis Seen in there. Yeah, Seen. Trayvon Walker, you could go five. I think uh, it's at Quay least. Walker has a Quay chance. Walker yeah. could sneak in there, too, for sure. The other one, which I don't think we've spent more than 45 seconds talking about Kayvon Thibodeau, because it's just it feels like a waste of time on a Cowboys podcast. He's but a stud. in terms of understanding the first round, I would like to know more just in the sense of, like, if he slips the way people are projecting – is that lying season BS, or or at the very least, is it just it's that unknowable people, off the field rumor crap? People, yep. people, yeah, that's the problem. That won't be. I mean, you could you could watch the tape and clearly see one of the best players in the draft. The problem is, do you like the attitude? Do you want to deal with maybe him being a branding guy? Do you want to? You know, there's all kinds of things that teams will just not. This team here will would love him. The the team other teams around the league probably wouldn't love how much he is into that kind of stuff. Does he want? Does he need like a clothing line in the pro shop type of guy? Oh sure. Okay. Yeah, he would. He would have his, and he'd go and model for you. Probably. We can make, we can make that work. Well, he reminds me of Khalil Mack. Like I think that's yeah. what you're talking about. Where it's not a 270 pound guy. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking I have Miles 258 Garrett. or whatever, but like he is an absolute handful. Yep. Whatever whatever right tackle is unfortunate enough to line up against him. Yeah. If he bull rushes you, he's going through you. He can dip. He can generate power from odd angles. Like, Kayvon Thibodeau is a stud. The only thing stopping him from being a top three lock is whatever the stuff is that I don't know. Yeah. Because I have not interviewed him or yeah. whatever the background is that's making people go, well, I don't football. Yeah. The tape on Kayvon Thibodeau, Trayvon Walker dreams of having that tape. Yeah. <laughs> I, part of me believes that it is some of that lying, that smoke kind of thrown out in the world because he's an easy target. Because he has the off-the-field ego. I mean, Dane Brugler said it himself at the Combine. He said, whenever you're pulling up a chair for Kayvon Thibodeau to give him an interview, you have to pull up another chair for the for the ego. you got to put another one right next to him because there's so much of that carrying over. I have a professional ego, so. Hey, and we've got an extra <laughs> I mean, extra couple chairs in the yeah, room Yeah, we got chairs. They're, they're in the room. But 
with Kayvon Thibodeau, it, it may just make him that easy target to say, "Hey, we're just not going to let it. We're, we're going to slip. He's going to he's going to fall, and then all of a sudden, he's the first or second player taken off the board, and that's exactly where he needs to be whenever his tape is out there." Jeff, is he your top rated guy? I have Hutchinson as number one because I just think Hutchinson is the safest safer one. pick. I mean, you combine production with the traits, with the athleticism. Hutchinson is really, really, really good. Thibodeau, I think if you were saying, hey, it's third and seven, which one are you putting in there? To, and I want to get the quarterback right now. Give me Thibodeau. I'd probably go Thibodeau. Yeah, I have Thibodeau number one. Me too. And, and you know, it's funny. I, I go back and I watch. If you want to watch what we were talking about, what Sailor, the 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 kid from Georgia, the, Georgia left tackle, the yeah. big guard. All of a sudden, he's playing against those Michigan kids, and you're kind of like going, "Huh?" If you want to watch a good tape of him blocking a couple of guys, that gives you a good idea there. <laughs> I, I think that I think to me, I think Jeff's right about this. You, you want if you want a guy at third and seven to get home on a rush. Thibodeau's going to get home. Hey, Nick Hutchinson, Hutchinson could get home, <laughs> but I mean, I, I think there's a little bit more involved there. I do wonder too. The draft industry has become year round. I wonder how much of that plays a role in some of this. I think, and Derek Stingley is working through it too. That's another guy. Derek Stingley and Kayvon Thibodeau have been in the top 10 of mock drafts for like two years at this point. Yeah. Just like, boredom. Well, in Stingley now, it's like he's, hey guys, he's going back up after his yeah, pro day. His right. pro day doesn't move that Derek doesn't Stingley no. any way at all. He's the athlete you already knew he was. I'm not so much thinking about right now, but again, you know, Dane's going to turn around and do a mock draft like two days after this yeah. draft ends. Mm hmm. Two years ago, or excuse me, a year ago, because he was so young. St I mean, Stingley was in the top five of that. Thibodeau, if you follow the draft, has been a name Number one. people have known forever. And sure, you would prefer a guy to be mature enough to not care about that. But that's probably a hard thing to do. When people tell you from the age of 19 that you're 12 well, to 24 months removed from being very, very rich. I don't know. That's something we, we that's need, probably pretty hard to combat against. We need to get used to this. Because in future draft shows, we're going to talk about kids that had these NIL stuff and making hundreds of thousands of dollars, maybe millions of dollars with branding and stuff like that. This is going to be – we've, we've had to adjust in the league as evaluators. We've had to adjust to the Kyler Murrays as the first overall picks. So th this is only going to change. You, you better – you know, you sit there and you don't want to take Thibodeau because he's a branding expert or whatever. It's only going to – You're, 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 you're yeah. missing out. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't let a great player go by because you have this, this – a, a version of a guy that likes to you know to try and promote himself and i do think like i mean nfl teams fall into that trap all the time we I absolutely think. Do. that is such a good point because yeah. you're looking down the line you're looking at some of these quarterbacks that are getting these sure. deals i mean look at texas and quinn ewers he goes yeah. to ohio state leaves south lake carroll early yep. and then he goes to texas he's going to get massive deals at texas and then he'll be a top pick if everything plays out the way that it should i mean there are guys like this arch manning uh, what the the younger Manning that's coming up through the high school ranks is going to be in that regard as well. I mean, there are going to be guys that not only could have those pro shop lines, but already have them in the back pocket. It's been at least two weeks since we've had an argument about Jordan Davis. Oh, fun. As we get closer to this thing, and he is at this point, again, in the eyes of the media machine, is a pretty much consensus top 15 pick. How do you feel about that? And what, like, where, where do you have him pegged? I'll, I'll do it if any of you guys are scared. Uh, I can always count on you for that, Jeff. Jordan Davis at 360 pounds, tested as the most athletic defensive tackle prospect of all time. Mm. He ain't that. Mm. On tape, he ain't that. No. 
He's the second or third best defensive tackle on Georgia's roster. He is a space-eating dude that ran a really impressive 40. On tape, I bet you if you count every play he made outside the tackle box, you ain't going to fill a hand. Yeah, You won't get to five. So, like, he is a really big, really strong run-stuffing guy. But, like, when I go back to the nose tackle that I want you to be, if you're going to be a top 15 pick, he don't move on a football field like Vita Vea did. Yeah. Vita Vea give you some pass rush. Yeah. Jordan Davis was a space eater. Mm-hmm. And if a team thinks that with his measurable athleticism offers the upside to be a top 15 pick, then more power to him. At 24, if the Cowboys took Jordan Davis, depending on who is available, I might go, okay. But I would totally understand a team being like, dude, we're not using a first-round pick on a run stuff. Yeah, I got an argument with, uh, I think, John Owning about this because the on Twitter, and it was about, because I've seen, how much nickel does Dan Quinn play? A lot. Is he going to be on, is this guy going to be on the field as a pass rusher all the time? You know, and, and, and no disrespect to John, if you're listening, but I, I just kind of thought, how would you use this guy? Yeah, you would use him early down stuff. You know, look what they do at Georgia. They take him off the field in some pass rushing situations. Yep. You know, so to me, I, I agree with Jeff. And I and I, I think there's things about him, the athletic stuff. This is guy's a freak of nature. Is he Vita Vea? No, he's absolutely not. You know, and, and on my board, it, the way he sits, when I put this thing out, you're going to see him. I got him in the second round. Got 21st-round grades, and he's not one of my 21st-round grades. You know, he's somewhere in that mix. We've talked about him all the time. Somewhere between 24 and maybe 32. Somewhere he's, a, you know, he's kind of maybe in that spot. But I, I don't I, – I, I agree with Jeff on that. Do you think – sorry, real quick, Kyle. I was going to say I kind of disagree. Okay. Well, I think, give me I that think first, he then. is – I think he is a first-round pick. And I, I get the, the thought process because at least at Georgia, you look on the film, he didn't – Pass rush. He didn't get out to the to the numbers. He didn't go sideline to sideline. Ninety nine left and eighty eight came in. They played better to a certain extent. But Jalen Carter's going to be a top ten pick. I was about to say Jalen Carter's phenomenal. So is Devontae Wyatt. He I, also if, didn't yeah. have to get to the outside no. a whole lot because he had Nicobe Dean behind him. Because sure. he had Trayvon Walker on the outside. Because he had Quay Walker coming on the back end as well. He didn't have to do a whole lot of that. So basically, his role at Georgia was run stuffing because yeah. that was the role that he was kind of pigeonholed into because he was on a defense that's so historic. I think he could bring that to the table. I think I see a little bit of that athleticism when you watch the tape. And there are a couple plays where he does get outside. Like you said, maybe you can't count on one finger. I saw four, maybe three. But I only watched five games of this guy. Mm -hmm. So turn around and maybe you put him on a roster and he's able to play three downs in the NFL. He shows you something that he didn't necessarily have to show you while he was at Georgia. I'd rather have Wyatt than him. He's a good player too. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Wyatt is they're both when, not when people, about when people send me mock drafts where Wyatt's the number twenty four pick, I, I get happy for those people. I think those people get it. I really do. Give yeah. me, give me the disruptive three technique. I think he's gonna be an eagle. Yeah, I don't think Which he would pick? be here though because they've, one of them they've yeah. spent the so much on three techniques in each of the last. Four oh no, drafts. I'm not, I'm just saying. I, I just no. I'm, I mean, I I'm not th- talking about like, here. I'm just talking about as a oh, player. Okay. I'm talking about as a player. I think the team that selects him when they do, I'm going to be that that team. I think gets it. Pick. It'll be the I Ravens. Think, I think, yeah, I think the team will get it. Real quick, like when you see a Trayvon Walker climb to number one overall, like when a Daniel Jeremiah puts him up there, we kind of sit there and say like. 
somebody who knows stuff is telling him this. Well, that is the yeah. – which That's not, the problem. Not to not to take anything away from his scouting ability. No, but it, if you it just, scares you. Yeah, It absolutely. scares you. You know, when, when, when all of a sudden when you sit there and you don't particularly like somebody – and then all of a sudden it's pumped up by three or four different guys. That's a scary thought. And we're Mac all Jones. Yeah, we're all we all don't want to be on that island. But you know, we will. We'll die on that island if we have to. I mean, there's there's like you say, hey, this is what I saw. And someday somebody will say, Oh, yo, you were wrong about that guy. Fine, I was wrong about that guy, but how about the other guys I was right about? Well, you if you want to be like, right, just predict failure on all of them. You'll yeah. get you'll get a lot of better. it right. Yeah. That's gonna be fun. a better percentage. Yeah. But right I, I think I, I can't. It's funny this this whole thing with Walker. When we first started this process, Walker was a popular mock pick to Dallas at twenty four. Yeah. And, and, and then he became a popular mock pick to somebody at fifteen. <laughs> and then he became a popular mock pick to the Lions at two. Can I add what I believe spurred this? Because sure. last night uh, Dave and I had a nice romantic dinner. We Aww. did um, watch some Harry Nick Potter. Watch some Harry Potter. A couple yeah. Harry Potters and. Okay. Uh, and Dave I believe this came steak. from. I did. Oh. It goes back to the group think thing, because I fall victim to it on accident, and like I take pride in watching the sure. tape and putting guys where they belong. Sure. But then if you see the entire world is oh, like, yeah. man, this guy is a top three whatever in this class, and I'm like, man, I got him in the fifth round. Go back and watch him. Like, yeah. but you know, I just the other day I went back through all my receiver notes, and I was like, no, no, forget anything, no outside yeah. noise. In my notes, how are these wide receivers ranked? And my wide receivers are Garrett Wilson at Ohio State, number one, Sky Moore at Western Michigan, number two, George Pickens at Georgia, number three. Yeah. That's my top three with no outside noise. And like, I think it was the kind of group think that stopped me for a while from putting George Pickens where me watching his tape yeah. said he belongs, which is yeah. in the first round. Yeah. And if you just go, hey, I watched him play – how good is he, and would I take him over that guy? My honest answer is, yeah, I would take George Pickens over Traylon Burks, over Jamison Williams, over Drake London, over Chris Olave. So that's one man's opinion, but it goes into that whole deal where it's like groupthink. Forget it. Here's what I saw. Yeah, These are my guys. That's your island, and you're, and I respect the fact, and that's what you're supposed to do, is that's you standing on that island. And there are not a whole lot of people that are going to put the Sky Moore up there or yeah. George Pickens in the mix with the Olaves and the Londons and the Wilsons. I, I like that. I think that's a good, good idea on your side. I just hope this draft has... I hope it's as wacky as I think it, it has will the be. Potential to be. It will be with be. with the no quarterbacks and then the uncertainty with teams with multiple first round picks. You might see some people do some crazy things to try and move around and see what they need to do. Are we sure there's no quarterbacks up there? Well, I, you know what? It looks like to me that I mean, I I, I know my personal board. Mm-hmm. I, Corral is the only first round quarterback that I have. And Agreed. then Willis is the next one, and Pickett and all those other guys. I but, just think Willis's potential is too enticing. I oh think no, he's up there. No, no, absolutely. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to pick a quarterback. You know, you Maybe look at Pittsburgh yeah, Panther. Yeah, you look at you look at you look at Carolina very well. I mean, you, Philadelphia you, might take a quarterback. Philadelphia yeah, might see. They I, talk yeah, about how they're not going to, but yeah, it's they're visiting of, these guys. It's funny. They're using thirty visits no, on quarterbacks. It's, it's, who did they, who did uh, they bring I in? forgot which one, but I saw one uh, the other day where Philly is doing a thirty. Mac, visit. They brought Corral in, didn't they? Maybe I it was Corral. So. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, so they're, they're talking about how Jalen Hurts is our guy while they're visiting the first round. I kind of felt like that Philadelphia was doing this, like getting next year's one. Wait until next year. Wait until next year and yep. kind of see that maybe that we don't want to take. But Flying season, baby. They yeah. wanted to throw you off bum, the trail. Bum, yeah. bum. It was Corral. So Corral, maybe they're maybe it falls to the wow. second for Philly. I don't know. But I'm really I'll be interested to see what the commanders do at 11. This well, We're going to get into that. This was a, I'm proud of this is a Brian Broaddus segment because we just did 23 minutes of radio and maybe minutes to the Cowboys for like 30 seconds. This is what the draft show is all about. You're damn right. Go Uh, teams. But we're we're not ignoring your interests. We will get into your Cowboy questions right after this break. This is Chad Hennings, former Cowboy and proud veteran of the United States Air Force. When my fellow military veterans choose VA, they receive life-changing benefits from the Department of Veterans Affairs. If you are a veteran, you may be eligible for health care, education, and training benefits a home loan guarantee, housing assistance, and more. Choose VA for the benefits you've earned. Visit choose.va.gov to learn more. That's choose.va.gov. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the Cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate response. Is the DallasCowboys.com draft show. Welcome back to the draft show. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but it is still tax season. Uh, you have a few, you have like less than a week to do your taxes. Go to LibertyTax.com slash Cowboys. Also, Beamer, if you can cut to Kyle's camera, we do the the draft edition of Star Magazine is out. It's available digitally. It's available in pro shops and stores regionally. Uh, geez, we got is the which, Cowboys' first round pick uh, on that cover. Which one so. do you think it is? If you had to guess, Ken, which one? Yeah, Traylon Burks, Kenyon Green, Kenyon Green. In retrospect, I wish we had put Zion on the cover. I do too, but yeah, that's okay. I just thought Trent McDuffie's purple and gold. The really color popped. looks great. Yeah, the color yeah. looks great. I, every year, I marvel of how I mean the content and stuff. I mean, we worked on it for a long time. I know, but I always marveled how great the the cover was oh, of that thing. I love how you guys made Nicobe Dean the biggest guy. Yeah, real at five eleven four. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying to <laughs> manifest some stuff. And then, in and, then, and then you made the center the smallest guy, which you probably needed to pump him up a little bit. Three hundred two. Yeah, pro day. Three hundred two. Three hundred two. Yeah. My man put Shout some out. bricks in his pocket. Yeah, he had a either that or the guy that was weighing him likes him and put his foot two on the scale <laughs> to kind of help him, which I, I would have done. I'm fine. I'm just I'm choosing to ignore that he's not a thirty visit and just I'm just going to continue to pretend like the Cowboys will consider him. Maybe I'll be right. We Second got really time. lucky two years ago with this draft guide because they put uh, C.J. Henderson on the front, Mm -hmm. and then there was one other guy. I can't remember who it was. Chason? Oh, it was. It was Caleb on Chason. And then C.D. Lamb was just a throw-in because he was C.D. Lamb and because he was Mm -hmm. one of those top guys. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, he ended up falling. I always argue with our bosses. I'm like, why are we need to be putting cowboy targets on the cover. Nobody cares if Kyler Murray's on the cover yeah. of our draft magazine. But I think they threw in CD that year because he's an Oklahoma the guy. The cover's already so always so I was well like, done. I was like, really why is. are we putting CD Lamb on this magazine? And sure enough, oh, he's... Well, well, 
Nick Eatman's happy that, that Arkansas guy's on there. Oh. I know that for sure. <laughs> There's going to be a parade in this building. I think Rob Phillips with the A and M guy. Yeah. yeah, I think the pick has been three three years in a row on the cover. Right? We're not we're not terrible at this. Yeah, we. I mean, we're not the maybe we're not the best, but we're not awful either. <laughs> we're not awful. We've done it for a long time though. <laughs> All right, we plugged the magazine. Beamer hit me with the sound. Twitter, Twitter on the twenty, where we get 20. to your questions. Which Brian, you alluded to it. Ryan, no B. Ryan says. Can we do division needs with the Giants holding two picks in the top ten, Commanders at 11, and now Philly has two picks instead of three? There will be a lot of NFC East teams drafting ahead of the Cowboys. I was on the Giants podcast the other day. They're talking about uh, Sauce Gardner, and they're talking about a right tackle. So they're looking corner safety. I think you need skill in Philadelphia. There's some things about maybe getting rid of uh, Rager. So maybe they're going to have to do some some upgrading there. That's a shame. Rager needs to go someplace else and go be a star because I think he's capable of that. Um, the commanders, what about skill there? About wide receivers and stuff like that. Look like they're okay with Logan Thomas as a tight end. You know, they've got a really quality running back. Maybe an offensive line was looking a little beat up at the end. Uh, with them, but quarterback I see linebacker with them I can sometimes too. too. Yeah. Either Devin Lloyd or Nicobe Because well, they're aging there a little bit. Yeah. I think they're they drafted the kid from Kentucky, though. Jamin Davis. Davis. Yeah. He was Davis. okay. Yeah. He had, a, he had yeah. an okay. I thought he was going to play a lot better for them. I really, really did. He may still. He was just a rookie. They're thinking about what? Uh, they got safety, I think. I think, Washington's, I think Washington's yeah. dream pick would be Kyle Hamilton because yeah. The, yeah. Uh, they didn't they didn't yeah. bring back Landon Collins. Yeah. Because obviously. they need a linebacker, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, no, but he, <laughs> you laugh, but like. Kyle Hamilton, safety number two. He can he do it could, all. He could just be a a. Wait, high. who's safety number one? Oh, Dax Hill. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's fine. I guess Again, revisit which, notes guess. and be like, screw the world. Here's what I think. This sounds weird because one, my island. one would be a top eleven pick. I'm, I'm just going. I'm just going. Tom Hanks. Kyle Hamilton well, just reminds me of Jaron Curse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, just in Bigger terms body, of what you would be asking him to do. Do you think that's worth an eleven amazing? overall pick? This time He's last year, Jaron Curse though. I know. I mean, it's a weird comparison because Jaron was an, a seventh we round just, pick. But we, yeah, we just compared a we just compared a guy that we absolutely hated to a guy that's going to likely that's be not a, true. We're comparing well, a no, guy who played really good NFL box safety this year, but this year, but, but we would have never in if the draft. Kyle show, Hamilton as a rookie does what yeah. Jaron Curse just did this year. He'd be phenomenal. That would be a big success. Yep. Yeah, see, yeah. that's and, you know, and I think the one strength that Curse has is his ability to tackle. I think that's the strength of of Hamilton, Can't Kyle Hamilton, erase tight ends and tackle. Yeah, that's what he can do. I, I think, think the Giants have to come out with a tackle in the first round. Yeah. I, I think if one of those five or seven, they have to come out with one of those tackles. Washington, I wouldn't be surprised if they spin a. A wide receiver pick at eleven. I think that's possible too. Yeah, go and get an Olave or yeah. Wilson. Rivera basically has just like he's just got a neon sign that's like I want the Buckeye receivers. I mean, if they don't go defense, I think it would be one of those two. And then could you see Philly maybe taking an edge rusher in one of those well, two picks? Oh yeah, defensive tackle. Their defensive line. They're trying to think about how yeah. to uh, get ready for life because they brought in Fletcher Hassan Reddick post Brandon Graham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, name an edge rusher or a D tackle, and I wouldn't be surprised if Philly either one of those him. go. Or well, offensive line. Karloftis could be there. Karloftis. One of those spots. Devontae Wyatt, I think you yeah. said that in the last segment. It's going to be yeah. their two picks. I think I'd have to see Philly draft oh. a linebacker in the first round to believe it. Linebacker with the Eagles is kind of like safety with the Cowboys. They just yeah. refuse. Or to, wide receiver with the Packers. Yeah, they just refuse to ever <laughs> spend a big resource on it. Are the Packers going to draft a wide receiver this year? Let's talk pick George Pickens. You know, it's funny. They, they do like Pickens. 
They really, really do. I mean, and and don't throw that. I mean, don't don't discount that at twenty eight. Oh. I mean, talking to some people up there sure. about them. Yeah. This is not from Jeffrey Cavanaugh, but a different Jeffrey. Um, you could have just asked us. He just no, it's not a no. But you said Jeffrey it. Sky. Actually, he said Sky in the first segment. Yeah, so it's did. fine. Sky Moore, good player. Jeffrey Moore over it. Um, no, Charlie Kohler, the Iowa State tight end. Like him. He just yeah. doesn't. He just wants to know more. You know what? I, I think the thing. It's really, really a fascinating draft, and I don't ever remember one where there was many tight ends that were six seven. You know, Cole Turner from Nevada is a six seven guy. You know, Kohler's a six seven guy as well. I think the thing with him is when you deal with guys that big that get down the field, it makes it hard for defensive backs to defend them, especially when they extend. You know, I mean, they're hitting forearms and wrists and stuff as the ball's being caught. And I think that's where, you know, where you look at Kohler, I mean, for a six seven guy, he's 256. Body control, balance. I mean, he's a he's really works well in small areas, and you could see him down in the red zone and stuff yeah. like that. Brock Purdy's kind of like. By the way, I think Brock Purdy's going to be here. He might not get drafted, but I think he's going to be here as a quarterback. Sounds that's guy. Oh, but, that's but, Kellen but, Moore. All yeah, over that, but it. that. Yeah. But see, but that's where you watch Brock Purdy throw the ball, and you're like going, "Oh, okay." You know, I see. You know, and that's where Charlie Kohler, I think, is a pretty good job. I, I think that when you talk about him, he presents himself as a, a really good target. And we could say the same about Dalton Schultz. I mean, that's what Dalton Schultz really does. It's kind of what it reminded me of. If, uh, these bigger guys, I mean, he's way bigger than Dalton Schultz, yeah. and he prevents or he presents that target, but he's got good hands. He can yeah. elevate. He can go up and get it in traffic. But it, it, he left a little bit to be desired in the blocking category. He's yeah, more he's of a, a pass shield, catcher. Yeah, he's a shield wall guy is yeah. what he is. He's but not six, interested. Seven, I kind of wanted some – oomph to him. I wanted some power, you know some what? physicality. There's, I didn't really see that. There's going to be a day and age where we talk about these tight ends as not being blockers anymore. They're just pass catchers. I think it's already Different happening. type of receiver. Yeah, we're going to we're just going to say nah. The, you know, we're like, going to put a tackle in there, go unbalanced. You know, you know, we saw a guard play fullback last year. I mean, yeah. people are going to figure out, like, these tight ends. If, like, if we if we put a, 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 a tackle or a guard in and we run the ball, big deal. We got six, seven yards, we move on. You know, I, I don't think there's going to be a day, a day and age where we talk about tight ends totally being detached from being in line position. Another I, thing, I wanna... honestly, I think that's a thing right now. Sorry, Kyle. Oh, no, you're good. I think all NFL teams are like, ah, we'll teach them how to get in the way. I found myself talking to people far less about blocking tight ends than I have guys that, yeah. that block. What were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say, I, I talked to somebody on their coaching staff throughout the season because the Baylor connection and Big mm. 12 stuff. They say that he was one of the best leaders from the moment he stepped on campus in that locker room. He was somebody that that worked hard. He was first day or first one in, last one out type of guy, leader on and off the field. So not only are you getting a good pass catcher, a guy who could develop as a blocker, but you're getting a guy who can make your football team better from a a morale from a locker room standpoint. And I think that's something valuable to throw in there as well. Eric thinks we're way too low on Clemson corner Andrew Booth Jr. and wants to know how you feel about that. We are pretty low on him, aren't we? I'm a second-round guy. I'm a second-round guy myself. I got him as – and he could go in the first round because I think he he's my fourth corner. So chill out, dude. But, he, but a lot corner. of people have him. A lot of people have him in like the top 20. 
People have him. You need in to that sneak him 25. in that Sky Moore talk every like, once in a while. That might help him. So this is like my quarter rankings. My corner rankings is very much a trust the tape deal because sure. like Trent McDuffie, I think that his tape is awesome. Sure, just yeah. pretty much across the board. He's a smaller guy. He's got shorter arms. Like some teams, I think won't pick Trent McDuffie. Period. Yeah. Because his arms are shorter than thirty inches, and that's why I think Andrew Booth could be the third corner off the board. Mm-hmm. It could be Derek Stingley, Sauce Gardner, and then Andrew Booth yeah. in the top twenty because it's a premier position. Um, I saw with him a guy that has, like, I would think Dan Quinn would really like him. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because I don't have the length in front of me, but he's six a, foot, just over six foot. Right. But I mean, arm length. I don't, I get, uh, 60 or 76. Wingspan? Yeah, yeah wingspan. Nice. 31. <laughs> What's 76 to 31 arms. Oh, plus a chest. There you go. That's what I want. 31 arms. That's what I Sorry. want. 31 is long enough. I got nothing. Miss me, LSU. I, I went, I went to LSU. I can't do that. Out of my top 10, top 15 corners, he's the second longest arms behind Sauce Gardner. And he is a well-rounded player, too. Like yeah. You've seen him say play press man, off man, zone. You see him do a little bit of everything. I think that he's a really good player to premier position. He's going to be picked probably in the first round. And don't forget like uh, premium positions if a team likes you they do what they got to do sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't damon arnett top 20 pick terrible idea oops aj terrell also caught a lot of people off guard speaking mm-hmm. of clemson and he was arguably one of the best corners in the league last year yeah, yeah i mean and it, it, he had the not goal. arguably he i'll was say one this about booth and th- you don't see him get a lot of opportunities the, you know, I mean, he when it's it's like the it's like the teams in the ACC are like ah, we're really not interested in throwing the ball his direction. I will say this though about the kid though, and I know his job is to cover, but he's a fifty fifty tackler at best. He'll miss some tackles. Yeah, he's a fifty fifty tackler. A lot of lungy diving kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. So if you're if you're into that, like all of a sudden they throw the ball and he's got to go make a tackle to get a guy on the ground. Just know that that ball might go another 12 yards down the field. Or it might be tackled right there at the spot. Have your safety ready. And yeah. for a guy who gave up like 62% completion over. when they threw his direction, I mean, he gave up 62% completion percentage. Mm-hmm. It didn't look like he was sticky on him either. So yeah. if he can't tackle and he's not sticky on the corner or sticky on a wide receiver, then you're going to have some issues, yeah. I think. Noah Igbenogany was another corner who went Ooh. a lot higher than people were maybe talking about. So, yeah, I mean. I'm, he was like a fourth-round Fourth round grade that went like in a second, right? He either went early two or he might have gone one. I think he it went was Miami. one. Did he go one? one? I think yeah. he went and and we talked about him as like a top eighty type of guy, and he went in the first round. I, I don't think any of us have Booth outside of the second round, though. No, right? he's second round yeah. on my board. That's where I. Yeah, I'm right there with. You. So we don't talk about him, but we're not necessarily low on him is right. probably the answer to the we question. We probably just haven't talked about all that many corners all that often because I think Kair Elam at Florida is also I a like guy him that Dan too. Quinn might like. I kind of like the guy Gordon at Washington a little bit better than Booth. Kyler Gordon? Yeah. It's just one of those – I think corner is one of those positions where you're like, you're always going to draft the best player available, but unless you love the corner that much, there's just other things you need to do. You know, like mm-hmm. unless a guy that you had graded – at the top of the board who you never thought would fall, similar to a C.D. Lamb, falls to you, I just think you have other things you need to address. Are we Stingley to 24. Are yeah, we sure. discounting it's the fine. fact that the Cowboys could pick a corner at 24? Are we discounting that I just, enough? I just did, yeah. I just did. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like from Unless it's somebody that you're absolutely head over heels in love with, forget about it. It would Not have forget to be, about it. I just think there are other things you need to do. It would have to be right. somebody that they are very confident as soon as they call his name. Be Kelvin Joseph is riding the bench, or yeah. learning to play the nickel. That's basically, That's or you're, you're basically or you're trading uh, Brown. 
or, sure. Or cut loose or something like that, yeah. Even st- but even still, like, and not to say Kelvin can't play in the slot, but that's not why they drafted him. I think Kelvin plays outside yeah. and, and Brown kicks inside and take Jordan Lewis off the field. That's what I would do. If you what if you drafted a guy at twenty four? If you drafted a guy at twenty four, then I'd I'd, I'd kick I'd plug and play that kid, the drafted player, and, and then, then what do you do? And like, then kick Brown inside to play nickel. And, and then Kelvin and then Joseph? Joseph and Kelvin Joseph better he better get the attention that oh wait I need to yeah I better figure this and out. And that's why unless it is and we'll just it doesn't have to be Stingley, but unless it is like a Stingley type guy that you just never thought would be there. Drafting him is basically saying, uh, Kelvin Joseph might have to ride the bench in his second year, and I don't think they want to. I don't think Jared McDuffie. Yeah, true. But I don't think this team. This my team guess is this team's that. not taking yeah. short. I, I think the, the, the argument will Dan Quinn will protect that pick because he went to Lexington and put his name on that player. That's mm. that's why I think that you won't see them draft a corner like that. Never rule anything out completely, but I would be pretty shocked. Yeah, I would be pretty surprised if uh, he's going to put his name on somebody in this draft. Sam Williams, Ole Miss. Defensive end. I think yeah. we're already seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. One last one before we go. Uh, somebody named OEGL. We talked about Abraham Lucas. Yeah, I don't know if that's a name or what. Yeah. We talked about Abraham Lucas, the Washington State tackle. Mm-hmm. Could he play guard? Do you think that is doable? Well, I think that's a tough projection because yeah. he was a good tackle, and Washington State does the thing where their run blocking is always from a pass set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two point so like, stance. That's my question about him as a tackle is I'm like man he's a, he looks like a really smooth and good pass protector what's he going to give you in the run game and now you want to project him into the spot where I need him yeah. to kind of move people in there uh, maybe he could I the thought hadn't yeah. crossed my mind I, you know what Jeff in my notes and maybe I'm hitting the pipe but the the thing is <laughs> I think Which, with the crack pipe you, oh, uh, I was, well, uh, was going to say like well, maybe back in your college days yeah it's probably sounded bad anyway. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, you know, I watched the USC and Washington games with this guy, and I kind of thought he was a physical drive blocker. I thought that was something that maybe that he was a little bit better mm. as a drive blocker. Sometimes you're right. With those Washington State guys, you don't see it. I mean, look what's happened to that guy in Philadelphia. You know, I Dillard. Mean, Dillard. Yeah. He's just completely fallen off the map. But I I didn't think that he was I didn't think that it was like I say that I thought the run blocking was a little bit better than maybe his pass blocking because he gets over the tops of his feet a little bit but you don't see him on the ground and stuff like that so maybe that's a maybe that's a hope he's six six he's three fifteen probably a little bit taller for what you want for a guard yep. but I don't know because I learned yesterday I didn't in those Fortner my guy for Kentucky that I absolutely love the center. I learned he played guard at Kentucky. He was a converted he did, guard to uh, center the year before. Yeah. So now everybody's like, I'm like, I've never seen him. I've only seen him play center. He he played guard. So if people are saying, well, if you draft a guy like that, could he play, he guard? play guard? Yeah, I mean, he's a tough guy. You watch him play against Jordan Davis and guys like that. He gets pushed back, but he's not getting run over. That that was my hope right there. The thing about Lucas is it's funny because I never thought about moving him to guard, kind of along the same lines of you, Brian. But I looked at maybe swinging him to the right side because he played the left yeah. tackle spot. Maybe swing candidate. Well, yeah. And, I, because he has so much experience. He's good in his pass yeah. block. He's very balanced. And I, I didn't see a whole lot of the hand strength that mm-hmm. you would necessarily have to be that powerful drive blocker. But, mm-hmm. hey, like you said, maybe I'm wrong. I, you know what? The thing about it is, I mean, I, you watch him play against Jackson against USC, and mm-hmm. everybody's talking about Jackson as the second coming of Reggie White. And so, you know, I mean, this guy's holding up against him. I and great against him. I, I, I kind of like – I mean, I like this guy. This is one of those – when he gets picked, I'll be like – 
there you go. There's another smart team. They know what they're doing with this kid. I just love the question. This is third round. No, I have him in the second. Ooh, I have him in the second. This nice. is the time of year for creative problem solving, where you say, "Oh, maybe I don't love my options at guard in the second round, but what about this tackle that I could move?" <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, we got tell me more coming up after this break. We appreciate your questions as always. We'll be right back after this. Come on, Dave. Football season is almost over, and that means tax season is here. With it comes taxiety. Filing taxes can be stressful if you choose the wrong partner. Don't let taxiety take over this tax season. Liberty Tax will help you get your largest possible refund or your money back. With more than 12,000 tax professionals nationwide, help is always around the corner. Check out Liberty Tax, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Schedule an appointment today at libertytax.com slash cowboys. Liberty Tax, a brighter way to do taxes. At Smoothie King, we are blending goodness to fuel your greatness. Every blend is crafted to help you achieve your health and fitness goals. Smoothie King uses only whole fruits and organic veggies. You'll never find sugary syrups or artificial flavors, colors, or preservatives. And unlike some other smoothie places, there are zero grams of added sugar in many of our blends. Smoothie King is proud to be the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. Place your order in the app or online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. If you've been thinking about weight loss surgery, My Bariatric Solutions has made it easier for you to schedule your initial consultation from the safety, comfort, and convenience of your own home. You'll meet one-on-one with a bariatric surgeon over a private and secure video call. You'll learn everything you need to know about the options available and which procedure is best for you. If you've been considering weight loss surgery and are ready to take the first step, call My Bariatric Solutions today at 844-326-6266. That's 844-326-6266 or go to MyBariatricSolutions.com. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Welcome back to the final segment of the Draft Show presented by your friends at Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Try to open this segment better than I closed the last one, one of my worst dismounts of the year, I think. I really love that this is back, though, guys. I've been enjoying Tell Me More. I already feel like a smarter draft fan. I hope the listeners will agree. So I'm just going to get into it. We got 15 minutes to cover five new guys. I doubt. I Good think, luck. No, we're going to go over, and that's okay. <laughs> Kyle's got the next show anyway. They're not on. Yeah, the, don't yeah. worry about it. We can run into we'll it. We'll go over. But all right, just, we're going to hop right into it. We talked about this guy in the break. Y'all seem to like him. Tell me more about Dane Belton, the safety out of Iowa. Yeah, I'm glad that somebody wanted to do Dane Belton for Tell Me More because I'm about yeah. tired of watching guys that aren't draftable. Uh, <laughs> Rude. Dane Belton is a good player. Like, first, you look up who is he, give me yeah. his measurables, what are the numbers, and it's like, oh, five interceptions, seven mm-hmm. passes defended. Like, we got some ball production here. All right, what does he do? He plays what at Iowa they call the cash spot, which is uh, Daxton Hill at Michigan. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. if there are two receivers, he'll play safety. If there's three, he'll play nickel. If a guy motions away, he'll go down to the edge and go chase the quarterback. So he was clearly their guy to do all those different things. And as a playing forward safety, especially in zone or covering tight ends or running backs, 
Dane Belton can play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I hadn't heard his name before, and it was like, hey, we're going to do Tell Me More about Dane Belton. I was like, sweet, let me go watch this jobber. <laughs> I think this jobber's a third-round pick. Yeah. Like, I think that's a top 100 player. I think he's good. Yeah, I think Jeff's got him nailed. I think the thing that's the most impressive thing about him is his awareness and vision. Yep. Because that's where I think that he is going to make a living. And, uh, you know, when you start to talk about football intelligence and things like that, I think this Dane Belton falls into that. He might not be one of those guys that when you watch him tackle, there's a little bit of that lunge and go low. But I don't think he's afraid to do it. I just think that there's there's going to be some times where he's going to have to kind of make a tackle, and I just hope he does. But the vision, the awareness, the ball skills, all those things are top shelf. I love his awareness and his positioning because he always seems to be in the right spot. It's kind of mm-hmm. like what we talked about with Verone McKinley, the Oregon yeah. safety that we right. had tell me more last week but he's he's not as quick to get there but he's in that same area that same mindset with the football iq the play recognition he can come down in the box he can stop the run he's a a decent tackler and i say decent because there are some fundamental sides of his tackling just a luncheon part of it so but you know he'll hit you yeah, come, you, come yeah. across the, the side. He's not afraid to hit, which is yeah. something that, of course, you look at for some of these later round safeties. He will come up and plug a hole if he needs to. Not as rangy as some of those top guys up in the, the draft, and he's got some okay athletic testing numbers. But I like his size. I like his his demeanor, and his football IQ is certainly a, a, something you see on tape. It's funny because com- like, when I think about safeties now that Dan Quinn is here, I just think about the fact that they drafted Izzy McQuamu. <laughs> Yeah, oh, no. six, seven, or so however. <laughs> but oh yeah, who's the tallest safety? We but um, find but him. having said that, Here, Belton, I got you. Belton is six foot and a half with thirty-one inch arms. I mean, that yeah. seems plenty. Yeah, long he's full size and he can run. Yeah. yeah, he can run. So I don't think you discount him because of that. Nope. This might be a typo, but I have JT Woods as the top safety. Let me double right, check so just that. Pencil him down. Tallest. Yeah, yeah tallest. Six three, six four. What are we looking it's at? Six Forty-five inch arms. Definitely not six ten. I, don't, I think six, I, I think ten. I have a typo. It's yeah. probably six oh one oh. Tie maybe. Can he tie his shoe standing up? Uh, he can run really fast. He was the one that went ran like a four two seven unofficial at the combine. Oh yeah, Baylor people run fast. He's yeah, the Baylor guy. Tracked right? him. Yep. Yeah. Tell me if this sounds appealing to the Dallas Cowboys. Talented LSU player transfers to Kentucky, finishes his career there. Tell me more about Dare Rosenthal. Dare Rosenthal is uh, an offensive tackle, and and what's interesting about Rosenthal—it's not a great way to jump this thing off. I know six seven plays really upright, doesn't get a lot of push in the run game. Lateral ability is going to cost him against quick pass rushers. Leans forward when he's engaged, so he doesn't sustain well. He's a pretty good college player. Don't see NFL traits. Yeah, you know this guy. He does. I mean, I love your direct attitudes. No, so no. Much. I, I was I was trying to get there, and I said he looks super awkward when he has to block due to his lack of power and strength. Again, you know me. I have problems with those guys. He finds himself on the ground more than you like due to his inability to keep his balance. I could see where a very good foot athlete and some movement is impressive. But he gets caught like he's in a revolving door. He like he blocks and then he gets spun around and then he gets thrown on the ground. And I, you know, to me, he he was the starting left tackle at Kentucky. And it's funny because they've got some big old guys. And at six seven two ninety, he looks just super thin out there. But he like he's engaged and then he'll lose it. And so I mean, you know, that's that's the thing that you have to worry about. But again, take my word for it though. 
when a guy doesn't have from any power, he's going to probably be an all-pro because this guy is really, really long, and I don't think he's very, very strong. And he doesn't Maybe look he balanced either. he power to their right tackle. Yeah. yeah. They're in Canards. There's, Canards. there's, there's, there's some – yeah, yeah, exactly. That's an offensive line that can – you watch them. They they can move people. and Sets up for those gadget guys man, behind them. This really guy – They move every, the ball, man. Yeah, everybody's moving, and he's on the ground is what he's at. You said he has bad balance, Kyle? Yeah, I didn't really like the balance, and the pass sets were something that looked at. I liked his demeanor. I mean, he always was really aggressive, and he yeah. was kind of getting in your face and chippy type of player, but I, I don't necessarily see – a, a good mover along with the rest of his offensive yeah. line and he just kind of looks like he's uh, just uh, not laboring because he's he almost just looks like he's uncoordinated at well the time. it's funny i was just going through my notes here i go he wasn't terrible in georgia game dealing with their edge but you always felt like he was on the verge of disaster yeah he was about to he fall could, over he kind of was blocking trayvon walker he was yeah. he but was. when you put number four across from him it he was just, it was always like oh jim, oh, jim. Oh. And then, man, it was, yeah it was one of those plays yeah so you're telling me that's not kelvin joseph 2.0 no not quite not at all this is a name that I think raised eyebrows all over the place when he was connected to the Cowboys, just because, I'll be honest, I had never heard of him. Tell me more about Malik Davis, the running back out of Florida. Yeah, and, and, it, and it, this is a hard study. It really, really is. And Did he, you find him? Yeah, because he plays in that rotating system. You're mm-hmm. absolutely right. There were, he, he was generally the starter, though, but... You know, you could tell he's not explosive. He's not a quick foot athlete. He catches the ball well, and he, but he's an exceptional pass blocker. He really, really has a good feel and awareness how. And again, that's a running back. If I was talking about a guard, I think you'd be really, really happy. <laughs> but this is a running back. And there were several snaps where he was able to pick up this guy and save his quarterback from being hit. And I think there's something, there was some squareness to his game. There's some toughness there. He had a touchdown in the Alabama game where he made the safety miss, but he's really not that elusive. He's really steady. He's a straight-ahead runner and ball carrier. He's not going to make many cuts. He'll run hard. He'll finish. But the, the whole thing is, like, his pass blocking and his catching ability is the way that you know that, that he's going to try and make in this league. They did put him out wide in the Georgia game, and they, and they had a pick six off it. They they threw oh, the ball no. his direction, and oh, he came back for the ball, and they they just they hammered it and took it back. So, uh, you know, we'll see. Thirty visit for Dallas wasn't invited to the combine, right? Nope. Yeah, so they're probably getting a physical on him. That time speed is a four six four. By the way, mm. he tends to play that way. He so just these are some of the the totals that he had this year running the football. Fourteen carries, hundred and four yards. That was his best game of the year. That was against Florida Atlantic out mm-hmm. of Conference USA. Give him the business against South Florida. Seven of twenty two. Alabama. He went ten of eighty six, which was his second best game. Yeah, of they the ran year. the ball well. Florida did that game. Yeah, too, overall too long, but ones or longish. Forty five yards against Tennessee. Twenty two against Kentucky. LSU. He had eight yards on four carries, a long of seven. So that means three of Fun his carries game. to combine Didn't for one yard. Didn't we have like 5,000 yard. yard rushing against Florida that day? Sure did. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, basically you're looking at the stats, you're looking at the film, and whenever he's in the ball game, they're throwing, yeah. and they're maybe going to throw it to him out of the backfield. If they're going to run the football, Damon Pierce is in the yeah. backfield. I yeah. mean, they yeah. go to Damian Pierce and let him kind of show the explosiveness. And so, fullback? I mean, is he in that conversation? He's Five, not ten, that two, big, two, two, right? Two, uh, yeah, he's like 200 pounds. Yeah. Two, two. You got to bulk it up if you're going to do something like that. I just Dave, think, he plays running back. He sure does. Yeah, so he just kind of, if you block, he'll run. If you don't, he won't. Kind of a running back, you yeah. know? Which I do think it, 
this and and maybe it's it's not this guy. Like I'm I'm not gonna focus too much on a day three. They'll take a fifth or sixth round runner. No, but I bet. dude, I I wrote about this yesterday. Like their track record over the last decade is they let it get deep into day three. I mean, see that looks good. Not counting Ezekiel Elliott, who they obviously drafted with a very specific plan in place that ironically never came to fruition. Nope. But they drafted Joseph Randall in the fifth round. They drafted Darius Jackson in the sixth. They drafted Bo Scarborough in the seventh. They drafted Mike Weber in the seventh. Like it, And Tony Pollard was day three as well, but a fourth-round pick. But it, it's going to be a day three guy, like obviously. I wouldn't be surprised. These are the types of prospects other, you're talking there about. There are other Actually, day three guys, That's though. okay. It might be that guy. Yeah. That's, again, like, especially the later you get in the draft, the less I personally care about the names on the list. You could take one, but I just want to be on record. I kind of like Rico Dowdle. He was pretty shifty as a rookie, right? Yeah. Rico Dowdle's I like not a him. bad player. I just wonder. And he was an undrafted guy. Yeah. yeah. On the cheap. I don't want to speak out of turn because Davis I will be don't an know. But guy too. Hip injuries, hip injuries scare me. Well, but I mean, all, by all, by all indications i think he's doing fine shaywo alanalua as well by yes. the way tell me more about amari barno the edge rusher out of virginia tech oh you want the concise one brian go ahead to go through all the notes you're gonna tell me the ron wolf he can't play no 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 oh, okay i'm not gonna tell you, you can't play i'm gonna kind of tell you, you can't play i was about to say I'm, I'm amari I'm barno is uh six four and a half 246 pounds and my guy runs a four three six mm-hmm that's Fast. Amari Barno, and that's the scouting report. <laughs> his, I think he is his measurables, and that's good enough to be drafted. If yeah. you are six four and a half with long arms and you run a four three six, that is enough that a coaching staff is going to pick you. Uh, I don't think that the tape is good. Mm-hmm. Like there are moments where I forget which – no, I don't forget which team. I can just look at it. North Carolina game. Yep. Yeah. They're running outside to the right, and yeah. it's just this giant dude that when he gets off a block, makes a tackle for loss. The tackle radius looks big because mm-hmm. he's so long. Uh, I think he's a limited player, but 6'5", running a 4'3", 6", you're getting drafted. It's funny. I, I, my exact scouting report, long and lanky edge rusher, looks skinny for the position, but his speed off the edge helps him with that. He's got an explosive first step, with help, which helps him gain leverage over st- some – Stronger offensive lineman, but he's sloppy in his footwork and in his form. Lots of wasted body movement and not a ton of awareness with what's happening in the backfield. But he takes good angles whenever he has to get to the outside. He might not. He might just be running a 4-3. So yeah. it That's true. <laughs> Maybe you're right. Physically, this is a great-looking player that doesn't play like one. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> With a that's professional that, coach, eight. maybe. Six, four and a half, no, 246, I mean, runs a four, three. I personally think it's more fun when it's a flawed player. It's yeah, just, I, I enjoy his conversation link, His length more. is impressive, but again, he just doesn't have the power. There's snaps where he tends to lose the ball and, I, and, and, and the awareness, and I think that shows. Because he gets too tied up with the blocker, and he needs to get his hands quicker and better used to free himself. I mean, he doesn't always win off the edge. And that, I think that's a problem for him. So, you know, to me, I mean, I thought I watched the Notre Dame game. I had Notre Dame, North Carolina, Boston College. I watched three games of this guy, and I was like, please show me more than you're just good looking. Please show me more than you're more than, you know. And it, and Notre Dame game, I thought he played better, but the other ones, I felt like they blocked him pretty well. Is this a guy that somebody reaches on? Somebody looks at him and says, you know what? I can fix him. If he ran a better three cone, 
Yeah. So he comes out, he runs the straight line speed, and then he goes to the three cone and just completely lets that one fly. Oh, you don't bend as well as somebody who runs like you should. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Four, four, five. I'm trying to, yeah, that was a short shuttle? That was a shuttle. Okay, yeah. I so, don't have his three cone from his pro day yet. Which means that he probably didn't run it. Let me see. I, I've got those ATP sheets. Let me see if I can tell you what he did. Just talk among yourselves. While Where do you guys it. have him graded? Sixth Just, round. Fifth. Yeah, fifth. All right. Yeah, a late draft pick that you were throwing after his. Well, the traits, speed. it's traits, it's speed. No, that's that's where that's where you're at. If Let's, you're in, if you, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm in, but if you're gonna, sounded like it. If you're no, if, if you're gonna do that, that's the position where you should. Yeah, you should absolutely. Like if you're just like, ah, this guy is not great, but maybe he'll turn into something. At edge rusher, hell yeah. My pass rusher that I want to take a. Maybe even a third or fourth round flyer on. And maybe somebody else is going to like his tape a lot better than I do. But Brandon Smith, the Penn State linebacker. We talked about him last week. Wish you were here. Oh, because I think that he looks yeah, like talk he's about never played him, fo- I just think he looks like he's never played football I mean, before and he has yeah, no idea what he's doing. That's not a late flyer, though. But, well, it, Somebody's I use the word take flyer him because in the third. I'm, okay, because if they didn't and you let me use a day three pick in the fourth round. I would pick a linebacker and I would tell him, hey, guess what? You're about to learn how to play edge. You're going to go after <laughs> the quarterback. You're big, you're strong, you're long, uh, you're athletic. You don't look like you know what you're doing back there. The irony, Step up here. The irony here that it would fun. be a linebacker from Penn State, of all places, yeah. that you would be asking to do that. Yeah, I just don't think he's there at 129. If he is, though, we could have that conversation because I like that idea with him because he's so out of control and you don't want him in space. Six, three and uh, a half, 250 there. pounds, 34 and a half inch arms, mm. and runs a four, five, two. I got to say, man, I don't like the idea of using a fourth round pick on a guy that you got to teach how to play football. That sounds kind of I don't got to teach him how to play football. I just got to teach him how to whoop that dude in front of you. Which he could. Playing edge is not really football. Playing downhill is his best trait. I'll let, I'll let Demarcus Lawrence know. <laughs> his, shuttle, his shuttle was a four four zero and a four three six from Pro Day is what they have him at. For oh. Barno? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and I'm looking, I think I'm looking at the right thing. Uh, 10, uh, 10 11 on the pro. They have him projected, and I get these sheets from the Pro Days. The league projects this guy as a second round player. The Ooh. league's high. I mean, that's they're they're talking about this guy as a second round player. Does it have a three cone on there? I don't think he ran it. Uh, I gotta make sure. No, he he doesn't. He does not have the okay. three cone. No. So, so we to make up whatever you want. We're thinking. Seconds. We're thinking day three. Yes. Pretty yes. firmly. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We'll wrap this up. We are going over time. I don't care at all. Mm. One last one. Samori Toure, the Nebraska receiver. What do you got? Brian has his tape. I don't. Uh, super productive, Brian. I mean, he was a transfer from the FCS to the Yeah, FBS. Montana. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Part of the Grizz. Oh, we moved up the ranks? Yeah. He yeah. was kind of that big slot role for them. Kind of yeah. went back and forth. Played outside. Played a little bit inside. Good tape. I mean, he actually... Showed out pretty well against the the bigger teams like the Michigans and the Ohio State. Yeah, but. he did. Ohio State, Northwest. I mean, Northwestern. He killed yeah. him. He 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 set a playoff record uh, in, in for Montana against Southwest Louisiana for uh, yards. Nice. And he's got outstanding time speed. He's six one. He's one ninety one. Four four two is his speed. You can see a guy that could really really get up the field when he has free access. But there's snaps where you see even like the double moves and stuff can get him open. I thought he tracked the ball. Pretty Pretty well, the body control was good. Uh, he wasn't blessed with the best passers uh, when you know, but he always have found a way to adjust to the, the the ball, and I thought that was pretty impressive. He could catch the ball on the move. He could take it inside. 
Uh, I, I thought he was a good finisher, but there's some toughness as a ball carrier as well. And they use him on some option stuff like that. I'm looking right now where I put him on this board or on my board, and I had him in the fifth round is what I had him in. I have him as my highest-graded non-combine invite. And so I have him in the fourth, like late fourth. But I'm right there with you. I like yeah. some of the stuff he does. He good route runner, yeah. great hands. Honestly, I think his hands are phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I mean, of course, by phenomenal terms, I'm not talking top 100 hands, but mm-hmm. he's he's got good hands, and he's somebody that I think could be a perfect developmental receiver. He's somebody that will come in, he'll play on special teams, he'll he'll be physical, he'll do a bunch of things for you on the back end, kind of like a Noah, Noah Brown, where he will do. The, the fundamental side of things, and then he'll come in and maybe make a flash play here and there. I'd rather have the tech guy that we talked about last week. Uh, in in Zukama? Yeah. Or, yeah. Whether, yeah I hope I, would, I got his name right. Yeah, I would rather I would rather have him than I would this guy. I just say I love – with nine picks, I love I the idea. Yeah. I would love to double up at receiver, just like they did with Gallup and Cedric Wilson. You saw, I mean, you spend a fifth or sixth round pick on a receiver, he's not going to be – anything meaningful for you right away but you see the value in what developing a guy like that can do any final thoughts anybody i was just looking because i haven't really gotten down to six round receivers but when you're saying that i was like sure give me george pickens and then give me wandale robinson let's just have a lot of fun i don't know i keep seeing I like Rodale Rob, high I, I think too. he's he's a higher pick than that Is probably he? i think you're looking more of like myself a, like a don terrio drummond out of miami ohio or like a reggie roberson out of SMU, maybe those guys are the later guys. Give me, give me a two and a five, and I Simi Fajoko's here as well. I understand that, but I'm, I'm fine. I'm t- perfectly fine continuing to churn the depth at that position, gentlemen. This was really fun, as always. Yeah, I, thank you. The fastest hour in radio. Let's see how you end it. Fortunately, we'll be back on Thursday. You're not going to throw me off my game. You did. Uh, script for Jeff, Brian, and Kyle. I'm Dave. This has been the Draft Show. We'll see y'all next time. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!